0: Hey listeners, quick content warning. There are two very brief references about suicide in this episode at about 14 minutes and at 23 minutes. Please take care as you listen. In the United States, help is available if you call or text 988. That's 988. Now on with the show. He was a kid from the Bay Area with a difficult relationship with his mother, and while most kids could could relate to that situation, only one kid was the multi-talented and charismatic son of Afini Shakur, a controversial leader in the Black Panther Party. Episode 3 of the documentary series Dear Mama, the saga of Afini and Tupac Shakur explores the legal troubles of both mother and son. Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club. This is a show for Gen X hip hop fans who want to relive the glory days and reconsider classic and modern hip-hop films from a current-day perspective. Together we'll explore some of the larger societal issues raised in these films. If you've seen today's movie before, you'll learn some fascinating trivia you might have missed. If you haven't seen today's movie before, then we'll help you decide whether this film is worth your time. Either way, you'll be a smarter hip-hop fan by the end of this episode. In the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get all this and more. We are three old heads who put their old heads together to vibe on these films for you. I'm Dino Wright, podcaster, filmmaker, longtime hip hop fan. And for Halloween in 1992, and dressed up like Chris Cross, complete with backwards hockey jersey and jeans.
1: I'm JB, 80s oh, yeah. and 90s nostalgia junkie, longtime hip hop fan. And I own Shaquille O'Neal's debut album, Shaq Diesel, on cassette. And so I ask you, can we rock? What's up, Doc?
2: I'm Boogie, a DJ. Long-time hip-hop fan, and my nickname actually comes from when I used to battle on a dance floor. Sidebar. Down right, if you got a picture of that, I'd love to see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was before cell phones had phones, before we had carried cameras with us. Oh, so. man. I could recreate that look, probably. <laughs> <laughs> In this episode, we'll answer the question, was justice served for Tupac and Orofini? Hey. One.
1: Dear Mama, the saga of Afini and Tupac Shakur is a TV documentary series about the complex man we knew as Tupac Shakur and his mother Afini Shakur and her influence on his life. It premiered on FX on April 21st, 2023, and is available on Hulu. All right, as we dig deeper into uh, this docu-series, which is fascinating. General question: What did you guys learn about Tupac from this episode that you didn't know prior? So let's let's uh, peel back some of the layers here. Boogie, you want to kick us off?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that I was actually was a few things that I didn't know. Uh, first of all, this documentary series is amazing. I, I keep saying it time and time again when I think about it, but I walked in thinking I knew. A lot about tupac and i'm realizing that i didn't know anything about tupac <laughs> but um but it's, it's fascinating and i think like had i seen something like this you know i mean unfortunately but it would be cool if something like this was done much sooner so that i mean because i think the more that i watch this i'm gaining more of an affinity for him um but yeah one of the things that I, that stood out to me amongst the things was that he took on the persona of haitian jack as the basis for the birdie character from above the rim. Like I've heard the, the name Haitian Jack and I've been familiar with him in passing. And, but I, I never, I never put two and two together. They never clicked that That's where he, he gained his inspiration from because I like think they were saying at the time when Tupac was on his rise in New York, in a New York scene uh, after the, the filming of juice, he was, um, the streets embraced him because they thought that his, he was actually the persona that he portrayed in the Juice, but in all actuality, he wasn't. But while they were embracing him, he was around these these people. He started taking like little bits and pieces of you know the the personality and how they they carry themselves. So even though he was not from New York, well, he was born in New, York, but that he wasn't raised in New York, he was able to carry himself with such a swagger that when you see him on film, you would actually think that he was from New York. So I actually find that. Um, interesting and amazing at the same time
0: good takeaway uh donna right do you have anything that stood out the, the main thing that stood out for me was the aftermath of the shooting um in new york uh, i didn't know that he checked himself out of bellevue i didn't know he stayed at jasmine guy's house <laughs> i didn't know that he possibly may have shot himself by accident in the whole incident and so that was like whoa i had to rewind it and watch it again it was like huh how come no one talks about this? Yeah.
1: I noticed that also. One of the big takeaways for me was, you know, the relationship that he had, minimal relationship that he had with his father. And there was some confusion, you know, it said that Tupac thought that his father was actually this guy, Leg Saunders, who was more of a street type guy. And then it was revealed to him that it was Billy Garland. And Billy Garland, you know, really didn't play a role in his life until kind of rightly after, after he got shot, you know, he won, he came and tried to become a part of his life and that was kind of tough for Tupac to to overcome, you know, his physical ailments and everything he's going through emotionally and then his father then chooses to try to connect with him. So it was just so so much turmoil going on in his head. I felt bad for for Tupac for having to withstand all that at the same time.
2: Yeah. I think one thing that they mentioned and to piggyback off of Billy Garland stepping into his life was how difficult it was for Afeni at the time as well, because when Billy stepped in, of course, Tupac had questions as he should. And as he's questioning Billy Garland and Billy Garland's, you know, trying to be open and honest with him, he's now going back to Afeni and saying, well, he's telling me this and what about this? And what about that? So now she's got to answer to, you know, the questions as well that she probably never had to answer or that she had to probably backtrack on some of what she had probably told him regarding his father, because now these new questions are coming up. So, you know, it's added stress on her as well. And I think that, um, when she was, she was mentioning how, how difficult it was for her to have to deal with that because it was rehashing a lot of feelings and things that were going on at the time for her.
1: Another really eye opening moment was when they were talking about Feeney's pregnancy with Tupac and she was pregnant with Tupac while she was in prison because it was, I think it was after that Huey Newton speech in New Haven, Connecticut, shots rang out. Afini was left behind. People were split up. Afini went into the courtroom and then she was incarcerated. She is, she was is pregnant at the time and like literally like Tupac's going through hell in utero because there was terrible conditions, crazy amount of heat, poor nutrition. She she wasn't fed that well. She actually lost weight during the pregnancy, which is not healthy while, while he gained, while he grew. In her in her belly, Afini's sister Glow, who's present throughout this documentary, I really like her. She was told she would get custody of the baby, so all this turmoil before he's even born, right? And even
2: to add to that, she had been having miscarriages at the you know after the third month, so she's got that extra stress as well because she's prone to miscarriages. But then finally, you know, he actually ends up taking. So now she's got to worry about trying to keep him healthy while dealing with these conditions and trying to advocate for herself as well.
1: I couldn't imagine being in that situation. Yeah, we learned a lot. I mean, what he went through was crazy. Another question I had is, how did Tupac's peers describe him? There's a lot of commentary from Shock G, the late Shock G as well, from Digital Underground, Humpty Hump, uh, Snoop Dogg. How did they describe Tupac? Do you guys recall? So I remember, I'll, I'll kick it off. I remember, remember um, Snoop was saying, man, he was just gangster as <laughs> and, heck. Uh, and I think Shaq yeah. G said something to the effect of, you know, he had a short temper. He wouldn't back down from anyone. You know, his issue was he couldn't rest. He couldn't sit still. So, yes. To that extent. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing with him is that once he was set off, he, wouldn't, he, he didn't know how to back down.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Snoops one comment made me laugh because there was um when when Tupac was acquitted of shooting those two off-duty officers in Atlanta acquitted of the charges and he said he walked out the courtroom like George Jefferson
0: <laughs> and you can see,
1: he literally did he, did.
0: he really yeah. did
1: so so the thing about that that's that's funny as hell but it's kind of like showing up authority so that kind of Puts a target on his back for other police enforcement. Like, listen, this guy is trying to one up us or like showmanship. And like, that's, that's, that's going to really, Dude. really kind of stir up things. It's like kind of like kicking the hornet's nest a little bit. Yeah, it
2: definitely puts you in the
1: crosshairs. Yeah. I can't recall any, you know. Ha- Hip-hop was kind of on the rise and, and so popular, and we never had a personality quite like Tupac, where he had such a major chip on his shoulder, and he wouldn't back, like I said, like I said he wouldn't back down for anything. He would challenge authority, and he would continually challenge authority, and, and some of that showmanship made things a little bit more difficult for himself as well.
2: Yeah, I remember in one of the previous episodes, I think it was his publicist, was talking about how People they would ask him go to ask him a question, and she was like, "Wait, you know let's kind of think about how we're going to answer this and think about the strategy and meanwhile he's he's right out there starting to answer the question without even thinking about it um, you yeah. know it's like you know it's kind of like whoa 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 whoa, whoa whoa you know we kind of you know strategize and figure out how to, the best way to navigate the system but meanwhile, typical you know Tupac is out there answering from the hip,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, there was one at one point he had spit at the camera while he was being filmed. And I, I don't know if it was Glow oh, and Glow was like, I wish he wouldn't have done that. And then there was yeah. charges wherever he went. He kind of became that lightning rod and he's kind of spiraled a little bit out of control where like almost everywhere we get, he's getting charged with something either fairly or unfairly. So the temper, you know, he couldn't keep that in check, fortunately.
0: Not so much.
1: No. Nope. I had another question. I saw a lot of parallels between a and Tupac's legal troubles and their struggles and like how they handled it. That was, that was jarring to me. Do you guys want to talk about that?
0: I really liked how they did it. I think it, it shows just how much influence they had on each other. And even though these were years apart, I think it was artfully done.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Even down to the the cases at this being at the same courthouse. I know it's like, wow. (laughs) that's one other thing that I never knew like I knew they both were in court in New York and I never realized that you know they were in the same same courthouse like wow that's that's crazy
0: it bears repeating this is a really good series for hip hop fans doing a deep dive like history buff hip hop fans should really watch this and just absorb so many of these interesting tidbits
1: yeah even the dialogue that each of them spoke during the, so the Panther 21 trial where Feeney was charged, there was a quote. She's like, I didn't do anything. And then you see like Tupac with the sodomy charges and all this stuff. He's like, I didn't do anything. And then the speeches that they gave when they were like both defending themselves in a professional way. And they went back and forth. Like you said, the way that they did it and juxtaposed the two together, they both said almost identical things to the effect of do what you want, but judge me fairly. It's, it's in God's hands now. Yeah. And really appealing to the, uh, the jury mm-hmm. in their charismatic manner.
2: He's like goosebump.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: It's goosebump. Yeah. Right? oh
1: <laughs> And I, I love when they uh, had a, the, the verdict comes out in the Panther 21 trial and it was like, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. It was very dramatically done. And then yeah. in Tupac's case, He was not guilty of rape, but he was guilty of assault, which is a lesser charge, but that was still like a a victory and uh, very similar with their court cases. Was there anything else surprising to you guys in this episode? I know we already talked about, you know, what did you learn new, but anything else that surprised you?
2: I didn't realize how bad... He took that that guilty conviction, even though it wasn't the rape charge, but for him, it was like, it's almost like he's the the court of public opinion. So he said, all right, what are people going to think about me? I'm trying to be this positive person. I'm trying to be a voice for the people. I'm trying to be, you know, of the community and like the community is turning on me. And now I've been found guilty and I didn't realize how hard he took it. They said, you know, he went back to Jasmine Guy's house, which... I'm still like, wow, Jasmine Guy. Like, wow, I didn't realize they were such close friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he goes back to, his, to her house. And like, you know, they, when they got there, they said he's, you know, he's holding a gun. Not sure who's going to come through the door. Um, there was strong thoughts of suicide, unfortunately. Yeah, it was almost unraveling at, in that moment. So I, I didn't realize how hard he took it. But it's like, wow. <laughs> but yeah. then I think about that too. And I'm like, well, that as hard as he took it, that's probably how what made it so easy for him to gain, um, for him to be have such a strong influence coming to him at, from Suge Knight. Which I guess they're gonna, they might mention that, and I'm pretty sure they might mention that in the next episode. But now I can see why it was so easy for Suge Knight to come in and be such an influence in, on him. When we all knew that he had a strong personality, but only when now he was at a very, he was at a, such a low, yeah, that you know. Comes in and bails him out. Starts, you know, talking in his ear. And when you're you're at that point, it's it's you're vulnerable. Yeah. So now I'm understanding now how
1: it so, got to that point. So spoiler alert: I did start watching a little bit of episode four, <laughs> and you're you're spot on. Suge Knight kind of bails him out, and that comes like a sort of like the father figure that he never had. He looked up to him, despite his mean streak and you know a lot of the negativity around him. But that's a great point. Dinner, anything else surprising here?
0: No, you really covered it. This, that was, I mean, so much of it is surprising, but don't, yeah.
1: (laughs) And just to piggyback a little bit off of what Boogie said, Tupac loved women, he wouldn't harm them. And the fact that he was charged with something, the guilt he felt was him falling asleep and then being awakened by a woman screaming. It was Haitian Jack's friend coming to the room, something happened. No one really knows exactly. She comes out screaming. So it's quite possibly that this woman was sexually assaulted by someone in that room. Tupac was so tired and he had rested his eyes or fallen asleep. And he he was just so upset with himself that he, that happened yeah. on his watch, you know, and he would, yeah. not yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I think another aspect of this documentary that touched me a little bit was how. Because, they, because now they're talking about what's going on with Afini. They really start to talk a little bit about what the COINTELPRO program was doing to the Black Panther Party. And I got I, I knew about the, the, the program, but it was funny. They were talking about how, how they found out about it. They, they went to the FBI office in M- Media, Pennsylvania, and they broke into the office and started finding all of these documents outlining what the government was doing to them. And then they started leaking all of these documents out to the press. And I didn't realize that that's where a lot of the early knowledge of the program came. Out. I just thought that it was probably just because it was declassified. But I didn't realize that the Panthers actually stole the documents and leaked it out first. And then, as, as years went by, it was declassified. But that was just like, wow, <laughs> it's crazy. But um, they had to. They, they were like basically imploding on us. So
0: yeah,
2: east versus west, and mm-hmm. faction versus faction, and. Not trusting anyone, and I didn't realize there was actually threats of being shot by another panther. I'm like, wow, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: pretty serious.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that one event up in Connecticut where Huey Newton was speeching, somebody's flash went off, and then guns just came out. Yep. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's that's tense. Yeah, very tense. That's <laughs> tense. And meanwhile, through this whole thing, Afeni's pregnant, <laughs> not knowing if she's going to get shot or arrested or thrown in jail or what. <laughs> Man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot going on there. She was her own legal counsel, which was pretty wild to me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Yep. I think we Impressive. talked about it in the last episode also. Yeah, she was Impressive. a dynamo. Very well read and uh very well spoken. Yes. And at one point oh, this was a good one. She was like cross examining what was the name? Yedwa?
0: Yeah, Yedwa Sudan.
1: Yeah. Yedwa, the undercover yeah, cop Yedua. that yeah had put some of these Black Panthers on trial, kind of Benedict Arnold amongst them, turned heel, and uh, a phoenix would end up cross-examining Yedwa, which was impressive. <laughs> so,
0: Took him down.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, another question I was going to ask is, like, what any other historical footage impressed you or was interesting for you to see? I think we kind of covered it. I mean, the Huey Newton speech, the COINTELPRO Pro with the files being stolen in PA. It's interesting to see the historical footage for sure and the parallels between the trials outstanding. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think another point that they mentioned too was that just through all of the chaos between the the Panther Party imploding, how some of the the members uh, left and went to Algiers to escape prosecution in the U.S., they just literally fled the continent. (laughs) Was wild. Just like
0: yeah, then they portray it like a betrayal. Like when when the Panther Twenty One trial was happening, like everyone went underground except for Ruffini and Joan.
1: Yeah, yeah. She, they, yeah, they didn't get the
0: memo. They were given the memo.
1: Well, that was interesting too. Speaking of Snoop Dogg having a little bit of dialogue here, talking about Tupac, he flat out said Biggie had nothing to do with the shooting. So. If people didn't know how he stood on it, you know, the East Coast, West Coast, if he holds that grudge or he said, listen, Biggie, now that it's all said and done, you know, Biggie had nothing to do with this shooting. Yeah. So he kind of tried to lay that to rest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was good that he made that statement publicly on his document and just kind of put that to rest. Yeah, Even
0: in the news this past week, Alan Hughes was being interviewed and uh, it came up in my feed somewhere that the people who were close to Tupac know who shot him. It's just not for every general public to know. Oh, wow. Let me see if I can find that article or that, that clip. Interesting. Put it in the episode description.
1: Speaking of historical footage, the performance of Keep Your Head Up by Tupac on the Arsenio Hall Show in the beginning. That was great. That was just great. Yeah. I was just telling my son, who's 18, about Arsenio Hall Show, how I was like the first black late night talk show and they introduced so many hip hop acts. I remember when A tribe Called Quest came out on there. and. Yeah. It was awesome. Like yeah. that's. I remember um, Bill Clinton playing saxophone. If you wanted to reach the younger crowd, the the uh-huh. urban crowd, the hip crowd, so to speak, you know, you wouldn't go on Johnny Carson. You would you would go on Arsenio Hall, and that's how you get like the yeah young urban votes and popularity. Yeah, you know, so many acts were started. Yeah, appearing on the Arsenio Hall show.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think one of the greatest collaborative performances. Live performances is was when Arsenio was about to go off the air, and I mean I, I don't know how many different artists showed up yeah, on, the, on the set. Yeah, yeah, and everybody was performing. It was insane. If we, we could find, I know that, I know that that clip somewhere out mm-hmm. there. I've seen it before, but we can get a nice clean copy of that and put that in the notes. That was amazing. I remember the next day everybody yeah. was talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like every
1: big name in hip hop showed up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Arsenio Hall and uh, the, cr- the crowd in the front the dog pound everybody woof <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: him being a phenomenon
1: I remember Arsenio Hall being lampooned on uh, Saturday Night Live or something because he always had the finger the finger looked so long and he, they had it like 20 <laughs> feet high yeah this is yeah. Live yeah, live in, yeah, one of them too one of them too we would make fun of him and the dog pound getting out of control yeah they exactly like Long. <laughs> Good times, good times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Man, but yeah, this documentary is special. It's uh, really going deep dive into uh, Tupac's psyche and uh, his upbringing.
0: Yeah. I have one last thing. So at the end of the episode, Gloria, his aunt, his aunt is cackling at the end. And it's it was really haunting. Like, I got chill, like, watching it. Like, ugh, it was... Worth watching to the end to get this, like, (laughs) very bone chilling payoff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I thought I was hearing things the first time I heard that. I was like, wait a minute. Was that? Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought the episode was over and then he was just here laughing, like,
0: huh? (laughs) It really stood out to me.
1: And just another footnote each of these episodes is entitled by the name of one of Tupac's songs, this one was called So Many Tears. And uh, that was a powerful ending, the way they had him singing that at the end, because that talks about his suicidal thoughts and all, all the trials and tribulations he's going through at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. so I, I like the way they close out these episodes as well.
0: Very well done.
1: Indeed. we got two more to go.
2: Yes, indeed. I look forward to those. <laughs>
0: hip-hop movie club is produced by your hhmcs jb boogie and dino Wright. theme music by boogie check us out on facebook and instagram at hip-hop movie club on the next episode of the hip-hop movie club podcast your hhmcs will review episode four of dear mama the saga of afini and tupac shakur subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it shout out to listeners thanks for tuning in
1: remember don't hate rehabilitate rehab
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice okay Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time. That's brain freeze trivia time on Instagram.